perhaps known, maybe unknown. However, in Genesis 2.2, we have a God that has a name, and it's put in there either in some translations as Lord, not God, or Lord God, and it's Yahweh Elohim. Very, very clear. Now, the second writer is very, very careful and specific about this idea. So you would see that uh, when it comes to the flood, Elohim is asking for a pair of clean and unclean animals in the way that it's interpreted. But Yahweh Elohim is asking for seven pairs of clean animals and one pair of unclean. Why? Because uh, Yahweh Elohim is expecting sacrifice. And, and that's what we come to have, a, be a living sacrifice. The God that we know that has a name expects, expects us to be a living sacrifice. Paul, Apostle Paul, I want to go into, in, into that, but we can those that want to study the Bible, comes from one way of thinking, not only converts into Jesus Christ, but comes from one way of thinking about being zealous for Israel to the God that is universal, that embraces the whole world. Change, a complete change, not just in accepting Jesus, but in his belief, in his faith, he switched from one to the other. And that's why they wanted to stone him. That's why they wanted to kill him. So going through with this frame of mind, I want to read Genesis 3.1. And, and let's bear in mind this idea that the, the editor, the writer, that is so zealous about the word Lord God or Yahweh Elohim, whenever is mentioned the word Elohim alone, it's quite demeaning. It's like almost using the name of the Lord in vain. You have, you have probably heard people that use, at least I hear, when people use the name of the Lord in vain. You know, I even feel uncomfortable when people say, oh my God, you know, and it's nothing. It's something about nothing. They, so... Uh, I'm not being judgmental, but at least I'm speaking for me. So this writer is speaking for itself. Let's take that in mind. It says in 3.1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, had made. He said to the woman, Did God, did Elohim, this non-named God, I don't know who he is, did he say, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God, the non-aimed God, said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is uh, in the middle of the garden. You shall not touch it or you shall die. I won't go into that because... Uh, I still remember a sermon that Pastor Ivan had that the woman actually added to that. Uh, God never said that you shall not touch it. And that got, got seed in my mind. I'll never forget that. So, but let's continue reading about this dialogue. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die for God, Elohim, knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You will be like this non-aimed God. You will be a non-aimed God person. 
I'm reading this because this is the core of the crisis that I'll be speaking about today. I believe that this crisis started right there. As we continue reading, we see that this is in Genesis 3.8. They heard the sound of the Lord God of Yahweh Elohim walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God, Yahweh Elohim, from the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And that's where I come to the point. For the first time, Adam and Eve were not who they were. For the first time, they had an identity crisis. And that's what I want to speak about, about identity crisis. We might not think about it. We might not put it together. But I hope that after today, we realize the problem in our society about this identity crisis. They are no longer free to walk around naked around the garden before they were. But now their identity has changed. It's something different about this. And they could not longer be in the way that they were in the presence of God in the garden. They had to walk out. They had to be removed from there. Now, looking at the identity crisis in our society, and I've got some uh, things there about, uh, about the U.S., about the scope of the theft in the U.S.A. There is no statistics yet in Australia. But in the US, the scope of identity theft, the Federal Trade Commission, which is an official um, uh, governing body, estimate that recovering from identity theft takes an average of six months and 200 hours of work. When someone's identity is stolen in the US, it takes six months to recover the identity and someone has to put lots of hours of work 200 hours of work. And what happens with this identity crisis? How does it affect? People lose finances. They can go broke. Some people end up in jail, end up in court. Some people end up being killed. You probably heard that some people were killed and it was a a mistaken identity. Someone has mistaken the identity. People lose identity. And this identity that is being stolen from people causes a lot of headache, a lot of grief. People lose billions of dollars. It says here that the scope of identity theft in the USA in 2017, this study has found that $16 billion was stolen from 15.4 million people in the U.S., in, that's in 2016, compared to 15.3 billion from uh, 13.1 million victims a year earlier. So this is escalating. In the past six years, identity thieves have stolen over 107 billion dollars. Identity crisis. People change their credit cards. People change their PIN numbers. And yet still someone can steal your identity. 
I'm very reluctant about putting my credit card on the internet. I'm very reluctant. In fact, when I travel, I've got a credit card that has very little money in there. And I'd rather struggle and argue and put more money in there because I'd rather take my credit card if I travel through Asia, South America, or places, you know, Southeast Europe, because I'm afraid of people stealing my identity, stealing my, my number, my card. And at least they cannot steal a lot. But I find that this is the same thing. There's no difference because in the U.S., probably one of the safest places is where most, most of it is stolen. And it's not only that that it's stolen. If we think that only money is stolen in this identity crisis, think again. Stolen purpose. It says that 44% of students don't know what they want to do after graduation. 44%. Now, to me, that is a purpose, stolen purpose. They have no idea. They come out of university and they look around and they have no idea which way to go. 44%. Nearly half. Nearly half of the population that is going to be the doctors and the lawyers and the administrators of this nation. They will be the prime ministers and governors. 44% of them don't know who they are or what they want to be. What hope do we have? 44%. I wonder what's going to be by the time that some of these little kiddies grow up. Stolen gender. This is a difficult one. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm not, I'm not sending people to hell. I'm not sending these students to hell. I'm, in fact, I feel sorry. And that's what I'm speaking about. And my heart cries out. I'm not sending gay people to hell. But people have been stolen. People don't know who they are. You know, we, we, we started having male and female. Now we have, uh, someone said, that we have over 50 different genders. I don't know how to refer to people anymore. I don't know about you. I see some strange person. I don't know, how, how should I, you know, uh, Mr., Mrs., uh, it, uh, I don't know what to call you, yeah? And so I say nothing. Just try to shake their hands, be nice, be polite. You know, I feel like the two Aussies that went to London, they, never, from, they were from the bush. Never left the bush. They decided to go to London. They arrive in London, typical London day, misty, foggy, early morning. Nobody on the streets except the Lord Mayor. The Lord Mayor is dressed in his traditional gear. Grey wig, pantaloons, those floppy boots. And one of the Aussies says, uh, mate, we're lost. We don't know where we are. And so the other one said, well, why don't you ask this dude? So, you know, a brave Aussie goes, uh, g'day, mate. Can you tell us where we are? And of course, the Lord Mayor got quite offended by the way that this Aussie spoke to him. And he said to them, I beg your pardon. Do you know who I am? And the Aussie bloke said, mate, we're stuffed. We don't know where we are, and this guy doesn't know who he is. <laughs> but isn't that the case with gender? Isn't that that we don't know who we are, or we don't know who people are? Isn't that I don't know how to address them anymore? 
Isn't it that I don't know whether you're a male, female, or, or intermediate, or, or whatever you are. And it's a crisis. You know, we, we now, we don't know what to do with, with public toilets. I know you're probably disgusted with public toilets. You know, Americans use washrooms, yeah? Over here, we're pretty plain Australia, yeah? we say We say toilets. And so, we don't know what to put anymore. I mean, we've got male, female, they're thinking of putting extra toilets for different genders. I don't know how many toilets, different toilets we're going to have, for how many genders we're going to cater. It is a crisis. And this does not include the 44% of the students that are in crisis that don't know what to do. It doesn't include those that has identity has been stolen. Stolen reality. We live in a society that does not want to face reality or they have lost the reality through drugs and alcohol. They don't know what reality is. Some of them don't know what is true and what is not true. Their mind is so twisted that they end up with mental illness. Lots of them. And this is costing society a huge amount of dollars. But the money does not matter. It is that we have people that don't know what is real and what is not real. Even children, very young children, through the fantasy of manipulated reality, if you look at the cartoons of today and you look at the cartoons of 40, 50 years ago, you would see that 50 years ago, although it was a cartoon, there was some reality in it. Now, there is no reality. Art. There is more abstract art than ever before. Why? Because people want to draw something, but they don't, want, they don't know what they want to draw. You know, it used to be the, uh, the sculpture of David, the sculpture of Moses, it used to be uh, the paintings of Michelangelo. Now we have the paintings of something of nothing. Yeah? Reality. We don't know what reality is. A stolen reality. A stolen family. Family fragmentation. Where someone steals someone's husband. Or steals someone's wife when they have been trusting one another, when the husband has been at home thinking that all is well, all of a sudden she comes and says, I'm sorry, I'm not part of your plan any longer. Or the husband comes home and says, I'm no longer part of your future. Just happened to one of my friends. She was so surprised. She had no idea that this was coming. This is about four years ago. She still has not recovered. One of his students has stolen the husband from my friend. Stolen families. In fact, his son, a 16-year-old son, doesn't call his dad dad but calls him the lost one. Because apparently he lost his way. Stolen true love. It used to be when people get married, until death do us apart, that is being eliminated more and more and more. I don't know the statistics. Maybe Pastor Ivan would know those statistics and how they're changing those commitments. You know, for as long as we are together 
or for as long as we love each other, true love is falling apart. True love is not longer there and we cannot commit to that love because it's not longer true. We're not sure about it. Stolen health. Oh yes, that's a big one. Stolen health. People are not well. People's health has been stolen through preservatives, through more hybrid food, through more hormones, through it's just been ripped away from us. We find more and more sick people today than before. We cannot cope. We have to have waiting lists. We have to have you go to emergency to any hospital and see how long you have to wait. And it's supposed to be an emergency. Imagine if it wasn't. Yeah? People, our hospitals cannot cope. Our health system cannot cope. Because someone is stealing our health because of money. Sugar is a real problem. Sugar is causing us enormous amount of problems in our health. And it's being stolen. Children, it's, the, the, it's advertised to them to consume more and more sugar. It's all at eye level. And bit by bit, they're stealing, taking away from us. Stolen faith. We have a society, a godless society, that no longer believes in much. Our churches are empty. They're turning into funeral parlors. No wonder, because people are dead. What else are they going to turn them into? Some turn it into other things, restaurants. Some are demolishing and redeveloping it. But faith has been stolen from your society. Been stolen from your heart. And even believers that should have faith and should believe, we are afraid to say, we, with fear, we don't know what to say when someone is sick. We no longer say, you know, the Lord is going to heal you. Because we ourselves are not sure anymore. Go to the apostolic times when, when Peter would say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. We say, well, there was the time of the apostles, yeah? And even now when that happens, half the time, half the time is fake. And so we are concerned about this whole thing. Our faith bit by bit, is being chewed and stolen, including people that are here congregated and in churches across the globe today on this first Sunday of 2018. Stolen faith. Also, the fragmentation of faith. You know, it used to be churches were affiliated. You know, there were the big churches, the Catholic, the Orthodox, and then you had churches that were well affiliated like the Methodist the um, Uniting Church and, and uh, Church of Christ and now it's more independent yeah I'm not sure that I like those guys I'm not sure that I stand up for that it's all more about the pastor we follow the, 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 the presence of the pastor his ideas and whatnot, and we find more and more independent so we find they are independent churches that were part of a big church and they're no longer part of nothing. Yeah? And it's okay if they die. That's okay, people, you know, it, it's a one generation thing and we close down the doors of the church. It's all okay. It's fine. It's stealing people's faith. 
You know, it was, it was a tradition that families would come together to church. It was the grandparents, the per- parents, the, the grandchildren, all that entourage walking to church, entire families. And there were family clans in churches. There were the Joneses, and there were the, uh, uh, the Matthews, and there were the um, whatever the name. And there were big clans, big families. Yeah, show me a big clan family. You say the Dudoks. Try again. <laughs> you. <laughs> Insignificant compared to what it used to be. Fragmenting, dissecting, stealing time. Stolen time. How much of your time is stolen? We, we cannot measure it. That's something that is unmeasurable. But your time is consumed. The, 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 the demand for time or, or, of your attention is so great. People do anything to take away your time. Big advertising. You know, taking you know, a big sports event. I love sport. Yeah? But I know that it's consuming time. It's taken and it's stolen. You know, I have um, uh, an app uh, that uh, is, uh, I'll be a hangman. Yeah, I like playing with words sometimes. It's stealing my time. At least I'm learning something. I've got a good excuse, you know. Try not to get, you know, uh, hung there from, from the stick. But it is stealing time. It is taking time from something else. You know how much we spend a day on things that are totally unproductive and useless. And then, if that's not enough, the other people that the enemy, I call them, I reckon the enemy sends them, to come and waste my time. You know, to tell me about stuff that I'm not interested. I couldn't be less interested about it or about a topic that I, I just get bored of. Feel like, I thought I had to change the conversation, walk away from it. Or they come and tell me about things that... Uh, you know, they already told me. They forgot that they told me three times. They waste my time. Stolen time from me. I feel that I'm a victim of stolen time. Stolen freedom. Stolen freedom is something that we all suffer from. Credit card. Consumerism. Dependence. We are not longer free. Credit. Stolen peace. The peace of mind, security, safety. We have to lock up. Stolen joy. You know, I could elaborate on this. And I think that each one of them could be just a better service. But stolen joy replaced with happiness. Happiness now depends on events and things. It's not something that I have within me. But it depends on you on the government, on the weather, depends on the economy, depends on the bank, depends on my footy team, it depends on a whole lot of things. That's why my happiness depends on. It's not longer that I can have control of, but other things have control of my happiness. You know, my wife has got control over my happiness, my children and my grandchildren, and my church has got control of my happiness. How, how good is that? Wonderful, yeah? Wonderful world. And this is the point that I've been coming to. So I've used all these to come to this point. 
a stolen mine. There's many things that have more that have been stolen, but this is the point. This is the punchline. In 2011, there were an estimated 298,000 people with dementia. This number is expected to increase markedly over time, with projections suggesting it will reach 400,000 by 2020, 900,000 by 2050, and I haven't got it there, but 1.2 million by 2056. Dementia is a leading cause of death, accounting for 6% of death in 2010. Total direct health aged care services expenditure on people with dementia, this is in Australia, was at least $4.9 billion in 2009-2010. We have exchanged what we had for an inferior love, lesser joy, fake happiness, abundant worries, sickness, decay, war, anger, hate, poverty, hunger, nakedness, tears, sorrow and death. And people are losing their mind. It reminds me of Nebuchadnezzar when he lost his mind. He became an animal. He was eating grass like an animal because he did not give glory to God. And we have a society that is no longer giving glory to God. So it's not up to the individual, but we are part of the society and it's up to us to change that. 2018, it's a challenge for us because if we do nothing about it, I am going to end up in a mental institution not long from now. I've got news, many of you too. You've got to follow me there or I'll follow you because that's what is happening. But we're still living in denial. We're saying, not me. And so lamentations, this is Jeremiah, inspired by the Holy Spirit in 340, said, let us test and examine our ways and let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts as well as your hands to the God in heaven. Hosea, let us return to the Lord. And this scripture is over and over again. Let us return to the Lord right throughout the Old Testament. For he... he for it is he who has torn us and he will heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. Not maybe, he will. An act of faith that he will. And that's what it takes. Jezza, I'm supposed to notify you. Okay. In Acts 17. I will not read the whole thing. But the famous speech of Apostle Paul at the Areopagus, when he's walking and he sees the altars to the different gods. And that's all that we'll remember. But then he says a famous speech there. The essence. Actually, I'll read it. It's there. May as well. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth. And he allotted the tasks of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope and find him. Though indeed, he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As if some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. We too are his children. That is our identity. Our identity is in Christ it is not in individualism. Without God, without Christ, we are a non-name pretend God. The reality of Genesis 3 
It is so that we are a pretend, unknown, no-name God. And we are losing our memory. We are losing our joy. We are losing our happiness. We are losing control. We are losing all these things one by one. And if we were to put it together, I wonder what that number would be. I wonder what the percentage would be. Would it be 44% or 50 or maybe higher? We need to return to the Lord. John 10.10, the words of Jesus The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they they may have life and have, have it in abundance. Through Jesus, we can recuperate love, joy, peace, hope, and have abundant life in Him. 2018 is here. We have a responsibility not just for ourselves, but a responsibility for the whole community, those that are in here, and a responsibility for the children that are up and coming. Yes, uh, the teenagers and, and the younger ones and even your first visitor today, we have a responsibility for them. We need to examine our ways and return to the Lord and encourage people to examine the ways and return to the Lord. A lot has been stolen from us. And I'm not sure how much we can recoup of that. But one thing for sure, at least, at least love, joy, peace, faith, hope, and abundant life is promised to us in Jesus through Him, through His forgiveness, and He can change and transform our lives. What are we going to do? I hope that we choose wisely. I hope that we choose to take up the challenge and see what is it that we can do in our lives, in my life. What are you going to do in your life? Ask yourself, how are you going to react to this? Are you going to examine yourself? Am I going to examine myself? And am I going to return to the Lord? And this does not mean, this is not that we are sinners. This is not that we are in hell, yeah? But this is to get a closer relationship with with God the Father. May the Lord bless his word. I'm sorry, I've been looking at that watch and it tells me I've got another 15 minutes to go. my apologies. Uh, I was going to continue, but uh, it's time to finish. Have a blessed Sunday.